Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I'm exhausted now for two th- two reasons. My partner, girlfriend, lover, whatever. Uh, we, she doesn't like girlfriends, so I'm trying to figure out another way to say that. That's okay with with her. Um, oh, your lady. Got it. I thought she didn't like girlfriends. Hey, lady is a little too old school. Like I say, lover because I think it's funny. She doesn't like part partner because it sounds like you're mm-hmm. in a business deal. Companion. And maybe. she hasn't given you a preferred nomenclature. No, she can't decide on one. So. Oh well, it's on her. But anyway, she <laughs> your soulmate. <laughs> soulmates, yes. Your lady friend. Just be lady like the friend. dude. Special lady, lady friend, friend special sounds like a friend. mistress. Come on, <laughs> special lady. <laughs> special lady. It's and also that could also sound like a mistress a little bit. But yeah, whatever. For now, it's it's. I, I say lover jokingly. But anyway, she she bought tickets to the national at the Greek like a couple months ago and the greek is probably my least favorite venue in los angeles and i noticed something there last night this is a little off topic but we were right kind of right behind the sound guy uh, a little bit to the left and they have this screen that's flashing numbers and i realized midway through i was like that's decimal that's the decimal count they are watching the decibel level in this neighborhood to turn down mics when it gets too high and you're just yeah, like, that's the problem. Never should you be at a rock show where they're doing that, ever. No, never. And the Greek, it's I think it's one of the worst places, but the setting is gorgeous. No, it's it's like beautiful. You, you, when you first get there, you're like, oh, my God, because you feel like you're in like in Denver or something. It feels like you're in the woods. You it's know? not the Greek in Berkeley, which I, I is way better, I think. But, yeah, it's, it's fine for, like, amphitheater. It doesn't feel like you're in Los Angeles, basically. But I've been there many times when people are like, turn it up. Turn it up. Well, especially if you're going to see The National, which is 26 <laughs> songs of like, there were three really good songs. And for a band like that, if you don't know all of their songs, whew, it's it's a long night. Yeah, yeah. Are y'all in or out on The National? I love The National. They're good. I like The National. Um, but I yeah. did see them yeah. at The Greek. Okay. I saw them at The Greek and I was very disappointed. I love them less after seeing them in the Greek. <laughs> but as far as albums, like it, it's a good listen. I love they have a very unique sound. They have two really good albums, I think. The Boxer and then the one where the head with the white cover with the half the face. Mm-hmm. And he's a very interesting performer. Like he has a speak singing voice to, and it's very like you know, it's it's loungy, but. Also, like it's like a indie cash kind of feel. Yeah, it. and I told you that um, when I saw him, I felt like he had a couple too many pops, maybe, because <laughs> he like by the end he's like, "Let's go!" Like just I was like, "This isn't this isn't the time or place. Just focus on the the notes, bro." Yeah, I feel like he had had too many maybe the night before, because his voice was a little itchy and scratchy. And I'm not talking the Simpsons. You have y'all ever been to a show where you just notice you're like, "He's off tonight." Like he 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 had a he had a fucking night last night. Uh, Julian Casablancas. <laughs> <laughs> what when? 
Oh, it was definitely a Coachella performance. Because I had seen them, you know, in yeah. a prime when he's like, I got to be good. And then you see him in the sloshed version. And it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, this mm. is happening. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I hear the songs. The other guys are doing all right. But your singing is a little... Because his voice, you can already tell right away. He already has sort of this, yeah. you know, draggy kind of like very specific kind of... But if he sort of starts slurring, it's it's... It carries. Yeah, um, and I do love the Strokes, but I recently saw them at um, the St. No Picnic, and you know it, it wasn't like he was uh, that he was really struggling or like he had a night the night before. But I'm just like, man, in your youth, you really set yourself up to fucking to. This is gonna be tough. It's all about <laughs> just like rage and like just really kind of screaming. It's like if you're not ready, if your voice isn't just like, you know, really on point, it's gonna be a rough night. Yeah, yeah, when he goes for those high notes, that's that's raw, and he's not going to sustain that over time. It's just not going to be long term. That's true. I actually told I told Bree during the show last night. I was like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be able to do this until he's." I mean, they're already kind of old. They look like at least the national, but I'm like, this guy can do this until he won't doesn't want to because like he's not really singing. He's just kind of talk singing and. Yeah, you, you and it happens to so many bands because they just come out of the gates in their early twenties, just full of just like passion and piss and vinegar yeah (laughs) ready to go yeah i mean the the young energy that's what rock and roll is about right Mm -hmm. that's why you see the rock bands from the first generation became like easy listening in the 80s right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what they were coming Mm -hmm. out with like adult contemporary and now it's just nostalgic tours yeah which you know makes makes sense really the only genre that really you can kind of age all right with is would be country music just because it's just straight storytelling it really doesn't require a specific energy it just requires a certain musicianship and a certain capability to tell stories well then all the credit to jagger yeah because he can still do it hell yeah yeah there, there's a lot of wild songs in the stones catalog and he still does it well yeah, I mean, I even saw something on the internet today. It was like, uh, it was like Eddie Van Halen and Brian May, which I never knew they did anything together. But there's some kind of Starfleet box set of just the two of them jamming for a couple of days. That's kind of like huh. all of it's coming out. I hadn't heard of it till you brought it up. Uh, it's amazing. Can't well, wait. I was thinking, and I, Neil, we've probably done this before, but if you could take like two musicians that you love and think would work well together, give me, you know two musicians you'd like to hear together that i would like to hear a band uh like lcd sound system or something similar to that that's electronic with bb king or like the allman brothers like a really soulful kind of blues it wouldn't have to affect like the overall music but just that kind of injecting a really kind of classic rock soul into some of that stuff so are you talking about about them kind of remixing an Almond Brothers type thing, or well, them say, putting no, that kind of like a slide guitar like that into no, what, we're in an alternate record. universe, and Dwayne Almond is featured with LCD sound system. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that'd be cool. I'm mm-hmm. sure they could they could figure out some some good jams. Jeff, what about you? Does anything come to mind? When you brought up this subject, it actually it was sort of hard for me to come up with something just because I don't really think about oh, I want this musician to play with this musician and create a new sound. I could imagine it, but I also feel like it's an injustice to try and imagine what that actually would be. <laughs> I almost want yeah. to see more like, I would like more like a version of rock and roll roast battles 
or face-offs, <laughs> duels. I want to see Slash Battle and Eddie Van bands. Halen go at it, trying to yeah. duel yeah, each other cool. out. Who's going to fucking rock the solo Devil better. went down to Georgia. Well, yeah. Pick the song, and you guys got to play it. Let's see what happens, boys. Mm. You know, let's, oh. let's put Neil Peart and Bonham together and see what they can do mm-hmm. and who's like, going to mm-hmm. outwin it. You know, it's, it's almost... Just something Paul McCartney, like, Roger Waters, bass off yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, that's cool. So basically, like a, a rock off that that could that actually be a a, a TV show. You should uh, pocket that copyright. Mm-hmm. Rock uh, oh off. yeah, let me sign all these guys. They'll be ripple bass. They're, they're gonna see the money flowing <laughs> in. They're ready, dude. The the, the 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 hundreds of dollars they might make, or really, yeah, that they yeah. Could demand. But to play along, and it just for whatever reason popped into my head was like. Hey, let's hear Dave Grohl and Eddie Vedder do something together, or you know, mm-hmm. the similar. I'm surprised they haven't actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you say that, and it's like, have they not? I think they collaborated a little bit in the early days. Yeah. Very early days, but nothing substantial, nothing really locked in that you would consider. I think for me, it was. It's like I always kind of gravitate to vocals, so I'm like, well, who would sound good in a duet? And for me, like just coming from my uh, college years, I would say like something like Amy Winehouse and the lead singer for Kings of Leon would be interesting <laughs> with their <laughs> kind of gravelly, mm-hmm. uh, with his gravelly voice and like her kind of retro soul. And then the other one that came to mind, funny you said BB King, but like something like BB King and like David Byrne in the eighties doing a collaboration would have been very interesting because I think he probably could have drawn something out of BB that was uh, bluesy but also like kind of creative. At that time, you know before BB just got too old. It's funny you bring up Kingsley on the singer. The other day, I was listening to Paul McCartney, and it was really reminding me of uh, what's his name, Caleb. Caleb Followell. Yeah, um, I can't think of the song right now, but I'll let you know. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, it may be Jet. I don't know, um, but it, but it was really cool. Uh, Michelle did not agree but she didn't know what she was talking about. Well, uh, on that note, we are talking about um, singers, and especially bands that may have found another singer for not our fantasy reasons, but just for practical reasons. Uh, Because this week we are talking about Journey and their classic rock anthem, Don't Stop Believin', from their 1981 album Escape, written by Jonathan Kane, Steve Perry, and Neil Sean, and produced by Kevin Elson and Mike Clay Stone, and released on Columbia. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight Journey Greatest Hits was one of the first CDs I remember playing a lot. Or being played in my house a lot, like on a CD player. I'm not sure if I owned it or if it was a siblings or shit. It could have been one of my parents. But uh, this song definitely stuck out uh, on the album. It's honestly probably not my favorite Journey song, but it's it's definitely the most memorable. It's like a sing as loud as you can in your car, adrenaline fueled ballad. And, and and it's not in a sad, sad like ballady way though. It's like uplifting and like unforgettable and also you know honestly i probably had never thought about it before this week like the fact that the chorus hits 50 with 50 seconds left and then they just kind of fade out it's genius because you keep singing it afterwards so it makes you feel like the chorus was way more prominent in the song when really it was almost an outro 
and mm-hmm. we've been singing it for 40 years now. I, I, it, it's one of those songs that not many people you run into have never heard before at, at any age, like whether they were alive when it came out or, you know, even kids today. So, like, it, it's really become an experience. You know, it's kick-ass in parts. It's cheesy in parts. It's questionable in parts. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, I mean, it's just a very memorable song. Um, well, what is your favorite Journey song? I just want to know. Because, um, I mean, I, I think this would be mine. I love Wheel in the Sky. I probably like Wheel in the Sky more than this song. I don't know why. And I've always been a sucker for Love and Touch and Squeezing and Lights. I, I probably like all three of those more than I like this song. Okay. You make some good points. They have some good stuff. This is definitely just the the most epic, for sure. Yeah. And just right out of the gates, I mean, it sounds like they're in the middle of like a mid-song breakdown. Like the <laughs> piano part is so powerful. It's just like, boom, like you can feel it if you're in a bar, at a stadium, yeah. in the car, <laughs> wherever. It grabs you and doesn't let you go till they fade out on Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's it true, does have true. everything. It's got a lot of virtuoso kind of just playing and singing. I was thinking as I was listening to it, like this is all time. I feel like the musicians... Just like the f- whole song long stink face the whole time. Just because <laughs> it's, it's kind of groovy. I mean, well, it's definitely groovy. Well, I mean, that um, bass line is so heavy, you know. Yeah. Well, and especially the strangers part. I feel like they're strangers, like rocking back and forth. <laughs> so great. I was listening to it and I was like, man, I want a, uh, a guitar pedal that's just a don't stop believing guitar pedal. Like as soon as you hit it, you're just like, wow. <laughs> If you would have told me before I looked into it that the chorus doesn't come in to the very end, till the song's almost over, I'd been like bullshit. <laughs> like yeah, I don't think it, you really notice. It's it's a classic song. I mean, I've heard it three hundred million times, but it's uh, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't really get old. It it still uh, grabs me. Yeah. How do I follow you guys? Because you pretty much have said everything about this song. <laughs> Pod's over. On that note. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. Like, what are we doing here? What hasn't been said about this? <laughs> good song. See you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Cool. But, um, yeah, going back to my own childhood, obviously being from the Bay Area, there's the connection yeah. there, which I'm sure you guys with your song picks had a little bit of uh, thought on that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Having heard this song as a child on the radio, pretty much anywhere you go, you're just it just comes on. You're gonna hear it. It went away for a minute for me. I don't know. Maybe through the '90s, it get lost in the mix when music was changing, rock music was changing. Yeah. And what brings it back into the fray? What brings it back into the mainstream? <laughs> Tony freaking Soprano. <laughs> for me that's when that reignited yeah. the oh oh yeah and then mm-hmm. that moment is tied forever to the it's, song it's so it's so true yeah and brought yeah, back that, that... yeah the that's tony's music's like that's what he loved that those early 80s mm-hmm. rock ballads mm-hmm. cheesy but also has flair and has just something undeniably warm oh. and joyful and brings out the energy and I would don't know I would say it's timeless but it's also but it's a song that has captured every generation since it came out 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the the whole package is timeless, but just all like the what they're saying and kind of, there's all there's different pieces that are timeless, but not the 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 finished product because it I, is clearly early eighties. I agree, I agree with that, but I think it's timeless in the fact that, and I didn't really realize this before this week either, Jeff, is that it did kind of disappear. Like I listened to it a lot when I was a kid, late eighties, because we had the CD. And it probably didn't. And then Sopranos. And then it's the White Sox in 2007. And then it the Giants run where they had the video of him. He has season tickets, Steve Perry, and he's singing it. And it mm-hmm. and Miss, I you know my parents went to Mississippi State and they had a coach in 2008 who made this like go, they're going into the fourth quarter song. It just works so perfectly in a sport in a sporting arena. Mm-hmm. Like at a critical like juncture of like, all right, don't say because the message is just timeless, right? And with the voice and with the music, the the instrumentation, especially at that payoff, you can just play that or the beginning, like you said, the beginning and the end are the two mm-hmm. mainstays of this song. That if you're going to hear it or you're going to remember anything from it, it's that. See you in a smoky room. Or you're going to remember the Don't Stop Believing. Because when I was playing it this week, I'm like, strangers. I'm like, oh shit, this is like, they do this part, which is the worst part of the song, more than they do the chorus. Speaking of that little guitar part, it's so funny. Like, it's like the guitar player couldn't help himself. He couldn't hold back. He's just looking at He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. Just, just, ah. It's such a cool, like, storytelling technique. Because, again, at, this is 1981, excess rock at its, like, peak, you mm-hmm. know? And they were huge, and this song leads off the album. They probably knew what they had. They did this in one take, and it repeats the same chord progression throughout. The piano comes in, the bass line. Those first two verses, cliche as they are, perfect yeah it's Just um perfect like uh, rock and roll lyrics supreme no but because they make perfect sense it's telling a very easy like don't have to think about it story of yeah, a man yeah. and a, a boy and a girl leaving home to go somewhere else and then that guitar interlude is almost like a you know, technique you move in using movies to just, it's a passage of time. And now they're in a bar together, right? Yeah. And it's not nonsense rock and roll lyrics, but you know, as I read, they just had the, <laughs> the end and then they're like, you know, it's classic, just small town boy, small town, like just telling these like stories of these downtrodden youth. Yes. But then you get into like, after those, after that first strangers, when he goes into the, like the, the, the third and fourth verse are just cliche cheese schlock, mm-hmm. you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> I know the first two verses like the back of my hand. I I have to I, like I can't even remember the the third and f- fourth one. I have to look it up. Yeah, right that's now. why I just said sure because I don't remember. <laughs> that's funny because to me the towards the end is when the lyrics actually get good, but those are the ones you don't quite remember. And uh-huh. everyone does remember the beginning, and always will remember yes. South Detroit, Small Town Girl, Midnight Train. Yeah, Midnight Train. <laughs> There is no South Detroit, by the way. Um, as yeah. it's been pointed out, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't exist. But Detroit doesn't care. They still 
love that song yeah, and still it. support it. How could and you not? <laughs> it just sounded good. We're just going to yeah. go with it. The the end is forgettable, but I, I guarantee you, if you're in a bar, everyone's going to go, Summer Born to Sing the Blues. It's true. It's like <laughs> hard. The times have gotten hard scrabble for them. You know, they left because yeah. they thought it was going to be better there, and now they're working hard to get their fill, you know, paying anything to roll the dice. The movie never ends. I would say that part is just more cliche, even more cliche if you can. If you can get, if you can do that from the first two verses, I think um, my favorite line is just "streetlight people." Like, what the fuck is a streetlight person? Is that good? Is it bad? Is I mean, it, uh, I'm gonna guess. Is that case by case? I, I'm gonna guess it has something to do with sex work, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that would just but be- where does that fit? You know, times are tough. <laughs> Streetlight people. Or actually, you could read it of like uh, de- describing the night. Streetlight. And then people. where does it go from there? Living what does he say? Oh, living just to find emotion. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Hiding somewhere in the night. So, I mean, I, I do think you could probably take that to be either sex work or just a description mm-hmm. of what's around him. I mean, it, but even more than the lyric, I mean, obviously you have to go to, you know, his vocal. It's, mm-hmm. it's Steve Perry. Peak you Steve know Perry. It. Yeah. Finals MVP. <laughs> Did either of you think this was a... Because I was playing it this week, and one of, the, one of Bree's daughters, the youngest one, was she was like, doesn't a girl sing this song? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I thought that too when I was younger. I never thought that, but I mean, yeah, I can see how that would, how you could make that mistake. I don't recall thinking that, but I can see mm-hmm. what you're saying. I could see how that could be misconceived. Well, I mean, there there definitely is a a, a, a real lack of balls. Well, yeah, and the notes he's hitting, there's definitely a lack of balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, there's not like the rock kind of hard. There's nothing hard about what he's doing, uh-huh. and the way he kind of hangs on every word, and it, it's it's very showoffy, very theatrical mm-hmm. what he's doing. And I think, you know, the way he pronounces things. I don't know if no offense, Jeff, if but I don't know if this is a Bay Area thing, but it's like it's very overly dramatic, and that's why it sounds cheesy. That's why people I think give him the cheesy uh, moniker sometimes. But like hmm. when his voice rises, it just like gives a shit about that. It's such an impressive instrument, you know. Like when he hits the night at the end of these pre-courses or whatever, and the night, and you know, when he shows off a lot in the end there, in the outro. But you're just like, holy shit, dude! <laughs> How the mm-hmm. fuck did you do that? It's so clean and nice. I mean, I think that's that's part of the charm. Like there is no grit. It's just all really show off uh, and done well. You know, there's a reason he's showing off. That's a better way to say it. It's no grit. That's what, I was watching a Sarah Silverman comedy thing, and she was just like, really? Balls? The most we, That's how what we use to describe courage in this country? They're the most fragile things that's funny. on the human that's body. <laughs> yeah, show your weak spot. Just show it. Just, just. Um. Right here. This is it. I'm super strong. 
but kick me here and I'm done. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot shorter than I thought it was. They they yeah. really don't stretch it out. Like there's no there's guitar. There's much a lot of guitar, but no like uh, overly long solo. He's in and out. And then they just fade out. And I thought that was um, it was good. They definitely could have stretched this another two minutes, and no one would have cared really. I think that's why it's so effective though, because again, mm-hmm. you it's you don't realize that the the hook is there and so usually when you hear the song you you're just hearing that end hook so you think that's such a prominent part of the song which it still is but mm-hmm. it, when you listen to it you're kind of like wait when do they get to this and it, it they don't wait too long like you said it, it gets there it's like two two and a half minutes or something like that and then it's there and then you're out mm-hmm. with an mm-hmm. epic song you expect more you expect five to six minutes with a ballad you kind of are just expecting it to be out and you know, mm-hmm. under four minutes, right? I don't know if we could expect Perry to sing for two more minutes like that. <laughs> well, but Neil Sean has no problem ripping into some fucking because you know the guy, the guitar player here, Neil Sean, the guy you know who started Journey. I mean, he was playing with Santana at sixteen. You know, he's hmm. like a prodigy player. I mean, you can hear that. I mean, he's what whenever he plays. And that, that's another thing, Neil. I don't know if you can agree or not, but I, I feel like I thought this was more of a guitar-driven song before this week, and now I realize it's basically a bass and keys-driven song, and he kind of comes in when he needs to. Yeah, I've had the same thought. That's why I even brought that up, what I was just saying, because like when the guitar solo came in, I was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, oh, okay, and we're back. <laughs> okay. I don't ever think about this guitar solo when I think about this song. I was thinking of like an Ario Speedwagon guitar solo oh. about to come, and it did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, since we're talking about the musicians, we should mention that uh, Steve Perry is on lead vocals, Ross Valori on bass guitar and backing vocals, Jonathan Kane on piano, uh, ARP Omni and backing vocals, and Neil Sean on the electric guitars and backing vocals, and Steve Smith on drums. One kind of crazy story I read is Jonathan Cain came on for this album. And this song kind of came from something his dad told him when he was a struggling musician. Mm-hmm. It's on great. The, on the Sunset Strip, like, don't stop believing. Yeah, I read that. And um, it, it definitely, it, it adds to the song for me. It's like, it's just so pure. It's a nice fatherly advice, like, don't stop. It's just a nice story. Yeah, and if you believe what, you know, they kind of say about the writing process and then Perry and and Sean were like, well, let's do something about uh, two people that leave home. Like, let's make it that classic story. Like, they knew what the, like, the cliche they were doing Mm -hmm. behind Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, just lean into it. (laughs) This song is National Congress, like, in the Registry of Music. It's Grammy Hall of Fame. Like, to pull it off so effectively is quite the feat. Yeah, and you glossed over the one take. I mean, because that's pretty amazing. That is. I mean, if if it's true, that's pretty. That's kudos. That's pretty good. Just a, out in, a, I think they in a studio in Berkeley, and they were just like, all right. And Perry was sick though, so they did it without vocals, and then he came in and did, and did the vocals like a week later. But they did that, and also, I mean, when you read about it, it is just such a collaborative. Like the drummers, like telling Sean, he's like, hey, I'm gonna do it like this, where I'm kind of chugging along and play sixteenth notes, so you can kind of accompany me. And then, yeah. you know, you have that bass line. Yeah, and sometimes one take can be misleading because, uh, you know, they do rehearse for hours. And then yeah. when they hit the record, I mean, it's still tough to just nail it on the first time. But It's funny because melodically, the melody kind of all comes from that bass line. 
and the doom boom 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 I mean, it, you could really hear. I mean, I'm surprised. I don't think I heard a cover that did just keys or just piano. I feel like you could do it just on a piano, and it would sound pretty good if you had the I'm right. I'm surprised vocal. you didn't hear a cover. There's so many. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get under the covers in a little bit. For a smile, they can share the night. It goes on and on and on and on. Strangers. As I mentioned earlier, the producers were a guy who regularly worked with them, Kevin Elson, and then Mike Clay Stone, who also worked with the likes of Queen and foreigner and white snake and other bands that you would think somebody mm-hmm. would work with who produced this album you know there's not much to say about it. i mean it's really all about the individual music like band members playing and, and just having a lot of high quality equipment and probably time and money to work with because again like we said this is peak excess rock of 1981 back when you could rent out a warehouse in oakland and just take over for a couple months and just set up a studio inside and just play because that happens all the time now you know yeah i'm sure it wasn't all that pricey in 1980 (laughs) jeff you were talking about it being in sopranos um i read that it took a while to convince steve perry to let them use it which thank god he did like i i just don't understand that sometimes the keeping it so precious and especially if it's like a one of the greatest tv shows we've ever had like why wouldn't you hey we want to wrap up probably one of the top three shows ever with your song what do you think Eh. well and i mean i would say at this point i when i think of sopranos i don't think you know gotcha woke up this morning i think don't stop believing Mm -hmm. like that's this that's a music i think about when i think about the sopranos and it's such a cool scene like because it's uh there's so much kind of build up and anticipation as meadows trying to park and fucking people are walking in and out (laughs) I definitely, I was in college when that came out, and I definitely was, like, watching it with some buddies, and we were like, um, what? Did our fucking HBO just go out? <laughs> Did we lose reception? What's going on now? Wait, what? That's it? I don't think we were happy about it at the time. I think we were like, um. It was a slow burn. Yeah, I think I think it's aged better than it, yeah, than yeah. the original response. But even going back to an earlier point, have you all experienced this at a sporting event, I assume? Oh, well, I was going to ask you guys, did you ever see Dodger guy do it? They had a guy pretty much do it every game, and he would lip-sync the song, and it would always get the crowd going. I would (laughs) highly suggest you look up Dodger guy, Don't Stop Believing, on YouTube if you want to just – He has great expressions. He got me thinking about (laughs) baseball now because – there's no way you can do it now with the time restriction. You can't get you can't get to the important part. There's not enough time for it. Yeah, yeah. It's now locked in that time where you could have these songs and beyond but now they can't do it anymore, so. Wait, but that's an interesting that the Dodgers would do that cuz they're a Bay Area band and San Francisco's been doing it in the 8th inning for years, right? At all that's of their home. That's how good games. the song is. But like LA, LA made it its own. It knows no bounds. They LA know how to. They know how to perform. L- you know, LA's got "I Love LA." Like that should the only song they should play at fucking sports game is "I Love LA." Very true. But like Detroit claimed, "Don't stop believing," because mm-hmm. the word Detroit's in it, and they love that mm-hmm. song. 
A couple of fun facts. Um, this was the most downloaded, like purchased digital download from a of a 20th century song. Even today, it's like top 20 of any song, 20 and 21st century. It was 133 on Rolling Stone's top 500, Neil, which is probably like the third or fourth highest one that we've done. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, Grammy Hall of Fame, Nation of Congress submitted it to the National Recording Registry. It really captured the minds of the of the masses. One more question. So, I'd said that my my favorite part is that guitar lick, the which is excessive, but it fits in the with what they're doing. Jeff, what what is your favorite part of the song? The foundational piece to this song to me is Perry, and it's his voice. You can pretty much you can't mm-hmm. have this song without him without him singing. You can play the sure. other parts. And it just won't steam right, but you just have him singing. You just have that part. That is the song. That's going to carry mm-hmm. it all the way through. I mean, everything else is great, and everything else fits perfectly. It just isn't what his voice just is the icing on the cake, and it basically just carries it all the way through because yeah, it ties it, it all together. It raises the bar. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a masterful performance in singing that that, that song really displays for Perry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Neil, what, what about you? Well, I know you mentioned it was your least favorite part or the worst part, but The Strangers, um, not the lyric, but the pocket it drops into there. Just because, I mean, okay, even when yeah. I just got boom, boom, like it just kind of like it, it's, it's a really nice little. Let's hop on the boulevard and start vibing. Um, Jeff, are you ready to bring us into the vibe time again? Ooh, and... yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it in three two one vibes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice little extra little extra mm-hmm at the end subtle takes <laughs> um all right this is my song so i i know we've already talked about it but you know this is this is going into the fourth quarter everything's on the line you need to come back and that, that's what this is i want to hear it on the loudspeaker couple couple be not too drunk a couple beers in and hoping for a comeback when the team is down or if i'm watching on tv give it to me going into commercial break but give me that good give me the guitar line don't mm-hmm, give me the don't mm-hmm. stop believing i just want <laughs> jeff what about you when specifically do you want to hear this song i want to hear this song in a crowded bar not any just any type of bar but a few drinks in Staring at a screen, seeing that someone's ready to sing this song, bring the entire <laughs> bar up to its yeah. up up on its feet because it's gonna get everybody singing. And if you want to be the life of the party, you want to be Tom Cruise and Top Gun and try and find that girl you wanted to try and impress and <laughs> yeah. look into her eyes, and you have that decent singing voice because everyone loves to try and be Perry and see if they can hit those notes. You want to hit that mm-hmm. night. <laughs> that was a terrible version, but you know, you get an E for effort. Oh, I loved E's. Uh, <laughs> we used to get E's in elementary school instead of A's. We would get E for excellent. Oh, Ooh, nice. that's that's what I meant. Fancy. A for excellent. I'll take effort. So you're saying like a really good karaoke performance? I mean, because it can go terrible. It's one it of the all-time greatest karaoke songs in this country, oh, yeah. at the very mm-hmm. least in this country. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. This is the karaoke closer that sends you out of the place drunk and happy. Like, <laughs> we did it. We got to do this again. This is great. And you'll just yeah, keep doing true. that song over and over again because you don't care. You just feel good. You just feel good yeah. afterwards. It doesn't matter if you hit it or not. Nobody no, cares. It doesn't matter. You could miss every note, but everyone's just together and happy and unified and ready to just blast it out. You know, like all of us, we've heard this in every scenario. It's tough to think when you'd really want to hear this, but I think it's a great, like, say you're going to a jukebox uh, and you're, you're about to pump it full of songs. This is a good one to just put on. Let's get this out of the way. Don't stop believing. While you, it'll give you time to pick some better songs. You know, yeah. not better, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of cheesy, but you, it's a good one to just... Everybody's going to like it. Nobody's yeah, going to be like, yeah. who the fuck put yeah, this it'll give out? You, it'll give you some time to kind of like find yeah. your second, third. So, so your first pick at the jukebox. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, just to, to grease the wheels a little bit. All right. Well, speaking of greasing the wheels, why don't we slide under the influence for a little bit? Talk about the influence of this song. Neil, why don't you get us started here? What's uh, what you got? Um, Well, as always, I kind of just have songs that reminds me of kind of Here I Go Again, for sure. Epic kind of 80s song. That's Whitesnake, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same producer. Mm Mm-hmm. Running on Empty, just kind of like, you know, a good kind of uh, sing-along about... Don't stop believing, you know, running on empty. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of rush, I think. I think a lot of Queen and REO for sure. Yeah, it's funny with this song, because in college at BU, there was this bar that I always forget the name of. It's like Baxter's or uh, I don't know, something. And it was on Commonwealth Ave. And we'd be there drinking. And end of the night, the three songs always came on. Outfield, Your Love, Bon Jovi, uh, living on a prayer, mm-hmm. and this was a closer. Yeah, uh, every single sure. night. Once, <laughs> once you heard outfield, you were like, "We, we got three more songs to like close this place up," and everybody uh, just blasting all of them. And you know, living on a prayer kind of rivals this song in terms of like singability and everybody knowing it, mm-hmm. especially in the Northeast. I don't know if I don't know if that's as much of a global smash as this, but. Those those songs always remind me of this, and I would say something like newer, The Killers, kind of some of their songs kind of remind mm-hmm. me of this, mm-hmm. like some of their epics from, yeah. from around that time. Got anything to add, Jeff? You guys hit it pretty much out of the park. I literally listed Rush, I listed The Outfield, and obviously <laughs> there are a bunch of other bands I'm going to just name right now that match that era. You got Warner, yeah. you got Survivor, you got Loverboy, I hear Survivor. Kenny Loggins, I hear Boston... I definitely mm-hmm. hear Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah, Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Rick Springfield, for sure. But yeah. one song that I connect with this one, for whatever reason, maybe because it's a ballad too, but it's a different version, but I always think of November Rain in a way oh, yeah. that just really mm-hmm. carries it into the next version. Like, that's the next era's version of that. And, but it's a of different... like an epic rock ballad. Rock yeah. ballad, but there's a different message, a different tone a little bit. And with that one, it's a little darker, but... And, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. a cooler aesthetic. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a, you yeah. know. And a much cooler yeah. music okay. video. But that's just a different story altogether, you know. <laughs> and oh. one more that's super cheesy, but it reminds me of it is uh, Why Can't This Be Love? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Do it, Josh. <laughs> uh, well, let's take it straight to the heart and slide under the covers and talk about the covers of the song. Jeff, you can get started here. Give us a cover that you liked or didn't like, either one. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the covers suck, man. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing matches. Nothing is ever going to be that yeah. song. It, it's, it's too not much. Even, it's not too even much. Pain. 
<laughs> Good try. I mean, it it's worth talking about. Come on. I mean, it is. Actually, the one that I found the most uh, entertaining, as it turns out, was a bunch of kindergartners singing a rendition of mm, Don't Stop Believing, yeah. using their own songs. Yeah. Instead of riding a midnight train, they're riding a yellow school bus. And <laughs> that's that's fun. It was cute. It was it was yeah, yeah. still playing the the music, but mm-hmm. obviously no Perry. And I would say that one I found just you know endearing. Yeah, no kids singing "Don't Stop Believing" is pretty heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be cool. I did not hear that one. I just heard the T Pain version, which is like an R and the auto tune is out of control. But like. Mm-hmm. He also gets an E for effort because, like, you know, it's kind of like an R&B take on the song. That's... I made it a little over halfway through. Let's say something. <laughs> I listened to a bluegrass cover by the Pine Mountain Railroad, and, boy, when they get to the Strangers, it is, it is shut off time. Strangers. Strangers waiting. And, you know, they're just all, like, <laughs> it's like, no. Nope. Strange light. The the violin sounded great doing that guitar part though. That was very good. Um, and uh, the Red Hot Chili Pipers make another uh, appearance on this Pipers? pod. Okay. Pipers, yeah, okay. bagpipe baby. Huh. Pipers, yeah, okay. I heard pipers. <laughs> <laughs> the bagpipes. I uh, I listened to a couple more covers. Uh, some were notable. I listened to uh, an AI version of Freddie Mercury doing it. Which what? Uh, wow, the technology isn't quite worked out, but it's crazy how much like just certain parts sound. It sounds like Freddie singing it, but a lot of it's kind of weird and flubbed up. I listened to an acoustic cover by some band called Imaginary Future, which it wasn't all that notable, but it did kind of sound like very. It was very simple, kind of sounded like Bon Iver doing it, which was yeah. kind of cool. And then the best actually was um, I often go to YouTube and try to find just like random covers. Um, and it was a street performer named Ali Sherlock with a band. And it, she sounded great. I mean, it's so cool when you kind of turn on those videos and yeah. like, the first couple notes, you're like, oh, shit, this, I mean, this is going to be good. Ali, Ali Sherlock is a great name. <laughs> yeah. Way. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Okay. Okay. Well, street performers, uh, streetlight. Street performers, people. Um, <laughs> Shit, that's a streetlight person there. And, and m- most of them are going to be wearing shoes. So let's let's take it to the shoe portion of this podcast. And I picked the song, so I will tell you guys that I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on brand, and and I'm gonna say this fits like a brand new pair of uh, cleats that like got that good grip. And the shine, that you know, they're going to stand out when you're running out onto the field and like. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to go. I'll keep it in sports. I said uh, Reebok pumps because every kid never stopped believing they were going to dunk if they pumped yeah. it up 30, 40 times. True. I still, never to worked. this day, don't never think it did anything. I think <laughs> no, it was just there to That's fun. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. <laughs> the pump worked. I don't know what you guys were doing. You guys all saw D Brown do what he did. Come on. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And Michael Chang <laughs> pumped his. I had the tennis ones. Those worked, my friend. Those definitely worked. I felt oh, those sweet. pumps. Tennis pumps? Oh, those were the best. The tennis ones were the best ones. I'm okay, not gonna lie to you. Right they were the coolest. I still I'm wish gonna, I'm I had those. It. Is that what you're wearing? Is that how this ball? song fits? No, that's 
not what I'm wearing. I'm wearing fucking Converse for this song, okay? This this is it's fine. clearly a Converse song. Um, not classic black Converse and then mm-hmm. the whole entire outfit. I, I did, But I also need a scarf tied around my neck or maybe around my mm-hmm. forehead while I'm listening to this. Or as Steve Perry wears in one of the live versions, like this bright yellow, like sleeveless, button-down. <laughs> now, yeah, Jeff, you need the scarf and the feathered bangs. Yes, you know, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Freshly yeah, no. washed, like real. The hair's going all the way down yeah, past yeah, the neck. Yeah. And <laughs> definitely sleeveless shirt. Definitely sleeveless, no doubt. Probably has like a tiger print on it or something. Sweet. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, well, on that. Well, actually, before we, on that note, Neil asked a question that I stepped on. Were the tennis pumps a green ball? Was it a little tennis ball? It was, was a it little a... tennis ball, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, it, I don't think I ever it. saw those. No, they do. Sound you guys cool. missed out, man. Those were the best. I, I you know you learn something. You learn something every week on uh, Pod Gave Rock. So mm-hmm. on that note, our cover of Journeys, "Don't Stop Believing." Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train Going Singer in a smoky room The smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers waiting Up and down the boulevard There's shadows searching in the night Everybody wants a thrill Paying anything to roll the dice Just one more time Some will win, some will lose Some are born to sing the blues Oh, the movie never ends It goes on and on Up and down the boulevard, there's shadows searching in the night. Street lights, people living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the night. 
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Or shoot us an email uh, to what at podgaverock.com. Next week is our guest Jeff's week. So, Jeff, what will we be discussing? I dug pretty deep for this one, and it is a song that is near and dear to my heart because it really does transcend time for me. And we're going to go into the 90s with a band called Weezer, a song off their best album by far. Sorry, not the Blue Album, but we're going with Pinkerton, and we're going with The Good Life. Can't wait! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.